Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for sales, small business, leadership, and the like. And this is really due to the guests. Uh, These are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me to share that expertise with all of you. That way you can get what you need, get your questions answered, get ideas and tips that you can take back into your business. Today is no exception. My guest today is Ethan Butte. Ethan is the chief evangelist at BombBomb, a software company that helps working professionals rehumanize their businesses. Ethan believes that business relationships should be built upon conversation, active listening, and honest feedback. Through BombBomb, he is disrupting marketing and sales, getting people face-to-face through video for clear communication, human connection, and higher conversion. The results are incredible. He is also author of the new book, Rehumanizing Your Business. Is that the title of it, Ethan? Yeah, it's Rehumanize Your Business. That's what I thought. Okay, sorry. Rehumanize Your Business. So thanks for joining me today, Ethan. Sure. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you hosting this conversation, and I I expect that folks will um, uh, find a lot of value in it. Oh, I am sure of it. And I want to like dive right in and have you explain to the listeners what the difference is between marketing through video and what you call relationships through video, if you would, please. Sure. I mean, a lot of people, when they hear video in a business context, they typically think of lights, scripts, editing, production, green green screens, drones, um, maybe hiring out the, the work or hiring special skills into the organization. Like this is the idea that video belongs in the marketing department or the production department or the creative agency or elsewhere. And you're typically thinking about, you know, the old mental model of a television commercial or a movie trailer or a preview translated to the web is like a homepage video or a highly produced YouTube channel or these kinds of things. The type of video you might run paid traffic against And what I've worked with thousands of people on over the past decade is a simpler, lighter 
use of video. Video is simply a container for your message. It's just another way to communicate anything you have to share. And so we hold all of the traditional thoughts around video that I just described as marketing through video. And it's great. We do marketing video. We do marketing through video at BombBomb. And, uh, and anyone who's doing it should continue doing it. What we want to open up, though, is this op opportunity to take a look at the traditional typed out emails that you're relying on every single day to communicate some of your most important and most valuable messages and say, would this be better if it was a little bit more personal and a little bit more human? Could I save some time by talking instead of typing? Would it potentially be more persuasive if I used my whole self, my face, my voice, my personality, my expertise, my enthusiasm, my sincerity, my gratitude, all these things that get stripped out of our messages when we go to the keyboard instead of going to the record button. So relationships through video is a lighter weight, casual, conversational use of this technology that we all have, right? We have these internet connected devices that with cameras built in, whether it's our laptop with a built in webcam or whether it's our smartphone with these amazing, ridiculously high quality cameras that just keep getting better and better. We have the tools to do this. And so, you know, we're on a mission to help people do it. I, I, this is so interesting for me. So uh, one of the things I love that you just said was um, that video is a container for your message. Uh, I, I, it's just so great because what I realized from that is it is one method of relaying your marketing message. And what I also heard you say was there are so many other ways that video can add value to you building relationships with people in your business. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we can get into specific use cases whenever you would like. Um, but let's start, let's stay where we are right now, which is uh, everything you think you know about video is approximately true, but there's a whole missing element to the way you think about video. If you think about it as something that you need to pay someone else to produce for you. Okay. Okay. This is great. So are there, well, I'll ask this question later when I want to talk about use cases. Talk to me some about um, the difference that video makes for companies, uh, not only in their sales and marketing, but in their customer relationship efforts. Sure. I'll talk about the customer experience as well as the employee experience. So Ooh, great. at a high level, you're, from a customer standpoint, right? You have this customer journey, customer life cycle, however you think about it or describe it. And it starts with, you know, some level of prospecting and initial engagement, whether that's inbound or outbound. However, that, that initial interest gets generated, you then need to educate people. You need to become the, the selected vendor of that product or service. They make some kind of initial commitment. They need to be onboarded. They need to start realizing the impact that you promised them. That is the, you know, the value that you're going to provide. And then you need to ideally at the other, at the far end, produce this growth loop where they continue to get that value new value. This is a retained account or a renewed account. It becomes cross-sold or upsold. or in the case that you're maybe working with individual people, they're now 
uh, repeat business. They're, they're providing referrals. Like they move into that advocacy zone that we all want and, and you need to, you know, keep them in that loop so that they are happy, satisfied, productive, getting way more value than they're paying for, and so delighted with the entire process and experience that they're recommending you to other people. Like your service and your product is your best form of marketing, but it is manifest in the thoughts and the feelings that people have in working with you and your product or your service, such that they can turn those thoughts and feelings into stories for other people, online reviews, and all these other things that we want. Hmm. Uh, and, and that they want because you're doing a good thing for them. And so right. when you think about that entire journey, there are opportunities to be more clear in your message. There are opportunities to have people feel like they know you before they ever meet you. You have opportunities to walk someone through a sales presentation or an Excel spreadsheet or a complex document that they need to fill out. And in all of these cases, this combination of show and tell or just you looking them in the eye through the camera lens and talking to them is going to restore a dramatic missing element in this customer journey, which is the relationship with the person and not just with the brand, right? So when we, we think about it at a high level, you know, logos, brands, branding, it's all really important, but ultimately the stories that we wind up telling other people, you know, whether it's the story of a great experience at a neighborhood restaurant or whether it's the way that a uh, misplaced online order was like deftly handled and promptly uh, resolved, you know, over the phone with someone, all of these things, we tell stories about people in our interactions and experiences with the people that represent the brand and represent the company. And so, you know, whether you're in a large organization or a small one, you're trying to recruit and hire and retain and engage and, and get great value from and give a great experience to, you know, the best people for you and your business as employees as well, right? So you have that whole journey, which is, you know, recruiting people to your organization, having them understand what value you need from them and that they might provide, becoming the employer of choice, getting them to, to commit to join you and your team, onboarding them, training them, developing them, having them uh, grow in their, in their role, grow into other roles, grow in their careers, such that they're recruiting other people to the organization and, and all these other things. It's the exact same thing as the customer journey. And, um, and, and a great customer journey is, is built through a great employee experience and a great ex employee journey. And so as you look at that life cycle for the customer or the employee, there are all of these moments where you want to have people feel like they know you before they ever meet you. Uh, think about this use case. I know we're not in the use cases yet, but this Go is a, an easy one I'll start with. Um, someone reaches out to you and says, uh, hey, Diane, um, I want to introduce you to my friend Tom. Tom does this awesome thing, and I think um, you know it could be really good, uh, a really good experience. And so Tom, when he hears this from your friend, um, I'll call your friend John in this scenario, Tom is going to send you a video and say, hey, Diane, John just gave me your name, um, told me a few great things about you, and I just wanted to connect with you, put a face with the name, and let you know I'd love to get together over coffee or lunch, or if you're across the country from one another, would love to get together on a phone call or a video conference or whatever the case may be. And then Tom also sends a video to John that says, hey, John, thank you so much for introducing me to Diane. We have an appointment for next Thursday at four. It's going to be great. I'll let you know how this relationship goes. I just want to really say thank you again so much for uh, mentioning my name and providing my contact information when that opportunity came up, right? So 
simple stuff where you're going to feel like you know Tom before you ever meet him. John is going to feel very valued and appreciated for his effort of making the mutual introduction. And it's just a more personal way to do these things. So even if you wind up sending, you know, a gift card or a, a fruit basket or something else, if you're Tom to John to thank you for the referral and the business that he generated, you know, that's all nice stuff too. But just these simple human moments that occur to us throughout our days to say, could I do this in a more sincere way? Could I do this in a way where my intentions are made clear? Um, video is going to help you do that. And of course, you're going to save a ton of time by talking instead of typing. Oh, that is for sure. That's so interesting. When you said that before, I was thinking when, when I talk to people, like when I talk to groups about um, writing, creating content, a lot of times what they'll say is, okay, but I can't write. And what I always say to them is, yeah, but you can talk and you have a recorder on your phone. So just go ahead and say it out loud. It, it's oftentimes easier to express ourselves verbally than it is in writing. And so that, that speaks to what you're saying, that if you do a video, it's you talking. It's totally uh, in your voice, in your tone. It can't be misunderstood. It can't be misread. There's a lot that's really good about it. It's the ultimate differentiator. No one yeah. else is more uniquely qualified. You and I could write the exact same email and send it to the same person and they would read it and they would read your email and they would read my email in their voice. Right. Whatever happened to them in the five or 10 minutes leading up to them opening up your email and reading it is going to dictate some of the emotion that they assign to these written words because right. it's all been stripped out. And so, you know, did they just win a big opportunity or did they just get bad news about their aunt? Or, you know, uh, did they just find out that, uh, that their son made captain of the soccer team or whatever the case may be? Their own thoughts or feelings and their own voice are uh, critical in how your message is read. Whereas if you looked your camera lens in the eye and, and spoke the same message and sent it to this person and I did the same thing, it's going to be completely different. No one is more uniquely qualified to be you uh, and no one is you and you are your own best differentiator. And so um, that's just a little bit there. And then you also mentioned how much more natural and comfortable we are in verbal communication. Um, and I'll just offer a little nugget that's in uh, one of the early chapters of the book, which is um, I tried to find out exactly how long humans have been speaking to one another. Like how long have we had spoken communication? And of course, because it's all muscle driven and uh, muscles don't persist the way bones do, uh, it's really hard for uh, researchers to determine exactly how long we've been speaking to one another through you know, oral direct communication. And uh, estimates range from as little as 50,000 years to well over a million. And so I, in, for the purpose of conversations like these, I go with a conservative number. I say 150,000 years that we've been speaking to one another. Humans have only been writing or capturing our phonetic sounds. Uh, you know, we've had symbol-based communication, but this idea of specifically capturing our spoken words in written language has only been happening for about 5,000 years. But for the vast majority of that time, the vast majority of us were completely illiterate. It was only about 500 years ago that literacy spread and became the majority of the human population. So that is one three hundredth of the amount of time. Just to go back to the container for your message, we've only been taking these thoughts and ideas and messages we have in our heads, 
writing them down, sending them to someone else and having them open it up in whatever form, whether it be a traditional letter was what I was picturing in my mind, or it could be an email or a LinkedIn message or a text message or a Facebook message or whatever. Um, we've only been doing that one three hundredth of the amount of time, just you think about the millennia of human brain training in reading emotions off of one another's faces, reading micro expressions, picking up the subtleties of tone and pace in our speech and all these other things. We have 300 times more training as a species and those skills of course been self-selected. We're a social species. So the ones that allow us to do that more effectively are the skills and traits that continue to persist and get better and better um, as we continue to produce ourselves as a human species. And so you're exactly right. We are much more comfortable speaking than writing. Even a very good writer is going to typically be more comfortable and, and more natural and more effective in spoken communication. And you're also much more effective on the receiving end of it, of getting the message intent tone and all these other things made clear because we have all of this great, great ability inside us that is relatively uniquely human. Some other species have some aspect of this ability to read body language. We, of course, are um, the most developed at that. And um, we do it all without even thinking. We do it in fractions and fractions of seconds. And so uh, you are exactly right. We're much more natural at it, both as senders and receivers of those messages, we're just more effective face-to-face. -face. That's so interesting. It makes perfect sense when you say it. I, I had no idea, but boy, when you, when you provide those numbers, it really is a dramatic difference in how we have learned to communicate over time. That, that's really something. I just read a really fascinating book called Humans Are Underrated. <laughs> And, and one of the theses is by Jeff Colvin. I think he's a senior editor at Fortune. I think I got that right. Um, but, but a very established uh, guy. And um, wrote another one called something like Talent is Overrated, I think. But, um, you know, one of his primary theses is that as more and more of our jobs, and by jobs, I don't mean our gainful employment specifically. I mean the tasks and opportunities and things we get done every day. As more and more of these jobs and tasks get assigned to uh, dumb and uh, intelligent machines, um, the skills that are going to become the most highly valued and the most sought after are these human skills, this ability to empathize, to connect, to communicate more effectively. And so the more we lean into ourselves and who we are and the more comfortable we get in our own skin and the more we celebrate and exercise and flex our essentially uh, social interaction muscles, the more we're equipping ourselves to be effective in the future because um, the skills that are going to be most highly valued from humans uh, as we start to divide, divide like humans are going to keep doing this, but machines are going to start doing that, machines in all yeah. of their forms, whether they're you know physically embodied robot type things or whether it's just artificial intelligence across a network um, analyzing data uh, and making decisions and recommendations. As we start to parse that work out, we are going to continue as human beings, we're going to continue to need and want these things from one another. These, you know, what we need and want more than anything else as a species is to be uh, seen, heard, and understood. We want to be appreciated. We want to know that we belong. We want to know that we're accepted and all of these other things. And so the more we're able to let people uh, know that and the way we're able to make people feel that way, uh, the more effective we're going to be in in getting all of our jobs done. And so 
um, I'll just toss off another quick use case here. Imagine you are a mid to high level manager, VP or something in a, in a medium to large size organization. And one of your mid-level managers tells you a nice story about Sue. Sue had a really great week. In fact, Sue had a really great month. She's going above and beyond. She is exceeding all of her goals. And, and you hear this in passing in a meeting. And instead of just letting that go and saying, um, gosh, my mid-level manager um, is paying attention and doing a good job with his people. And, and that idea that uh, you know, uh, Sue is doing a great job is a nice thing to know. You could just take that and walk with it and know that uh, and, and make some inferences and stuff about it um, as a leader. Or, you know, at the end of the day or at the end of the week or at the beginning of your Thursday morning, uh, you could take 10 minutes and just send videos internally to, in 10 minutes, you can send five of these truly personal videos or six or seven, depending on how short they are. And imagine what it would mean for a, a high level manager or leader to send a video to a frontline employee to say, Sue. It's Ethan, uh, just talked with uh, Mary uh, last week. She said, you're doing an amazing job that you've exceeded your goals for the weekend, of course, for the month. Man, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so glad you're on the team. I wish you continued success and, uh, and, and keep showing up and trying hard every day. You know, we wouldn't be of value to our customers the way that we are if it weren't for people like you. I'm just so glad you're on the team. Continued success. Take care. Right. Yeah. Is that going to make Sue feel seen and heard and understood and appreciated? Yeah. Of course it is. Is it going to yeah. make her feel more engaged and, uh, you know, like she belongs, like she's more committed? Is it going to increase her commitment to her role in her organization? It's all those things. And all it takes is 30 seconds to say, I see you. I hear you. I appreciate you. So again, and then I'll turn it back over to you. So again, as you look at the customer journey and what are the touch points, what are the points of friction, what are the points of confusion, what are the, you know, are you, you know, are you losing some opportunities? Are they going slow because of initial buyer's remorse after they sign the contract? What can we do there to spike that up? What can we do across the employee journey to make sure that people are um, properly oriented, properly educated, properly coached, developed, trained, managed, and propped up so that they can be them, their best selves on the job. You're going to see moments like those where that little human touch that I know personally, this is a confession for me, you know, I think these things periodically and I very often don't act on them. It's this fleeting thought and because I'm not writing yeah. it down, it goes away and that person never knows how much I appreciated that effort or how proud I am of what they were able to achieve or the effort that they made. And even if they failed, they made a great effort and, and you need to prop that up. And so we need to take those moments and celebrate them. It's going to make us more satisfied and more successful in our roles. And it's going to help other people, customers and employees feel and be the same way. I, I, I so I love these examples. I think they're, um, they make so much sense to me. And a thought, unfortunately, I will say, that popped into my head was um, the person doing the video has to authentically and genuinely feel what it is they're saying. Like they can't do it because someone told them that's what they should do because that could backfire. That is a great, great observation. You're 100% right. Like one of my more flippant or, you know, quip type things that I'll offer from time to time is if you don't sincerely believe in your product or service um, or the opportunity that you're presenting to whoever you're talking with, uh, don't send a video because that lack of sincerity will come through and it will actually be a detriment to the situation. So you're exactly right. This is about 
uh, authenticity. It is about sincerity. Uh, and so if you're, I mean, you can't, I mean, we shouldn't be expressing things that we don't honestly feel anyway in any form. But, yeah. but again, because of our ability to read micro expressions off other people's faces, any kind of disconnect between your sincere thoughts and feelings and the words that are coming out of your mouth, even if someone can't articulate it, they will feel it. It's one of those things. I mean, you know, Diane, when you, run, when you meet someone new at a networking event, you know, within three to five seconds, like, I, I got a good feeling about this guy or gosh, I'm not so sure about her. Like we have these right. instinctual things. It's the same thing in video because it's a much more rich and complete piece of communication. And a lot of that is driven by um, some of that micro expression uh, tone and feeling that we get even in the absence of the exact words that are coming out of someone's mouth. So you're exactly right. Yeah. Thanks. For, thank you for that. I, I um, it's something that worries me about people is that they hear these ideas and they think that sounds like the latest and greatest and, you know, on and on. And they don't really embrace the value. They don't really hear what you're saying. You, Ethan, are saying about how valuable it is and, and what a game changer. I mean, the, these examples that you're giving, the, the impact, it, you know, it's a small thing that has a huge impact and it's not hard to do, as you've said, but the, the way that it is received on the other side is dramatic. Right. And it doesn't all have to be this gratitude, sincerity stuff that I'm talking to, although it's a great use case because it does capitalize on the emotional component of it. It could simply be educational as well, right? So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, okay, this is kind of interesting, but I don't want to send a bunch of truly one-to-one -one videos throughout my day. Um, that's fine. You're obviously missing a, a pretty great opportunity, um, but- you know, here's another thing you could do. You could think about, you know, the five to 10 most common questions that, he, that, that people tend to have at this point in their relationship with you. It could be right out of the gate, or it could be at the point of commitment and you're onboarding them. Of course, this could be customers or it could be employees. Like write down the three, five, seven, 12 most common questions you get and just record short videos about each one of those. And then you could do a variety of things with that. You could make a YouTube channel out of it. You could make a series of blog posts out of it and embed the videos. You could make a drip automation sequence where you say, um, hey, Diane, now that you're signed up as a customer with us, we're going to send you uh, seven videos over the next two weeks. They're going to answer all the most common questions people have so that we can get off to a great start. And so you're kind of preemptively doing this more, you know, it's still human to human, but instead of recording one video for one person at one time and doing that over and over and over again, you record the video once and you set it up to automatically answer that question preemptively. Uh, or the other right. thing you could do with it too is it just sits in your video library and anytime someone reaches out with that question, uh, you can say, hey, um, here's a video I recorded that's going to answer the question. Um, if you have any more about that, I'd be happy to jump on a phone call. But first, check out this you know, two and a half minute video where I speak very specifically to this question or concern or whatever. Um, so there are, you know, it doesn't all have to be leveraged into um, this kind of personal connection and this emotion and tone. By the way, it works really good for negative news in addition to positive news. Like I've, I've been speaking to um, sincerity and gratitude and some of these, you know, more positive types of things. You know, you can also uh, share bad news with people, apologize through video where they can see and feel your sincerity in that 
uh, in that message. And then with bad news, which is psychologically more compelling to us than neutral or positive news, it takes longer for our brains to process bad news. And so a lot of the time, you know, we have bad news for a client or bad news for a team member. We typically do that if we're doing it, you know, we want to like have some courtesy for them. We typically do it face to face. There's nothing worse than, um, you know, typing up some bad news and sending it off to someone and just kind of like leaving them with it. You know, ideally you'd get them on the phone or get in the same room or something like that. But when, when you're doing it synchronously, right? We're meeting at one o'clock and we're going to go through two or three things. And one of them is going to be a piece of bad news. Um, when you do it synchronously, you're, you're basically just by the social dynamic, expecting them to have some type of reply immediately. And yet again, it's cognitively heavy and it needs to be processed. And so um, we've had this success story with a number of our customers where they will send that bad news in a video. The, they'll get the email open alert. They'll get the video play alert. And then you know, they'll, they'll get a return phone call in that person's time, like as the, after they've had a chance to, to think about it. Or maybe they'll just, you know, get the video play alert, give them, you know, 15 minutes or half an hour and then reach out directly by phone. And in that space, you're creating the opportunity to have a more constructive conversation when you are in synchronous direct communication because they've had a chance to do the processing on it and think about some of the, you know, is there a silver lining in this bad news? What are some second or third order consequences of this bad news? They're not discovering all of these in the direct conversation. They've already had the chance to process some of this stuff so you can have a more productive, more constructive conversation. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot here. There's it, no you know, kidding. Yeah, detail and complexity. Again, I already mentioned some show and tell type stuff. It doesn't all have to be you're doing a great job, keep it up type stuff. Yeah, right. It's this is really fascinating to me. And and so I think I might know the answer, but I'm really curious what you think. I am finding more and more that the people are relying really heavily on email and not on direct communication. And I'm wondering if you have a sense of why that is. Why are we defaulting to something, A, that is harder for our brains to do and not as effective? I think because it's easy. Um, yeah. You know, you're, you're certainly, there's, I've read this research recently too, is that um, in particular, as, as the working population, as, as more and more young people come into the working population with a lot of digital natives in particular, you know, who have this habit of, I'm not going to call this person or I'm not going to answer the phone call. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to text them instead. It's just this, it's this, um, there's a real convenience to it of the, again, this asynchronicity where, you know, I'm just going to pop off a, you know, a two or three sentence text message when it's convenient for me. And you might read it immediately. You might read it in five minutes. You write, might read it in two hours and we'll just deal with it that way. And so I think we're just getting more and more comfortable here. And I think part of the reception of our message and one of the things that compelled uh, Steve and I to, to co-author Rehumanize Your Business was that this pendulum has just gone too far. Um, faceless digital communication in particular has gone too far. And so if we are going to continue restricting ourselves to these channels, uh, email, text messaging, LinkedIn messenger, Facebook messenger, et cetera, um, you know, we don't propose that we're going to move the world out of these habits. What we want to do is, is encourage people and equip people and train people and motivate people to at least think 
before you go to the keyboard, would this be better if I said it in person? Would it be better if I hit record instead of go to the keyboard? And in a lot of cases, the answer is going to be yes. And, um, and so if we can just make some of these channels a little bit more personal and human again, that we can kind of restore that pendulum swing back. And in fact, maybe that habit of simple personal videos in these channels will be turned into other behaviors as well. When you do feel, this is another interesting piece of research. Um, uh, I wrote a blog post where I kind of ran uh, one guy's article against a, another gal's article, I have a couple blog posts. And one of the guys was do, working on his doctorate at Harvard Business School in organizational communication. He had done a bunch of research in email in particular and um, how, we over, how we're overconfident about our ability to use it effectively, the anxiety we feel, how much we work to perfect our, our emails, right? Like you might write a two paragraph email and you might spend a half hour doing it because you know, if you, if you backed out and looked at all the words you wrote and deleted and rewrote and deleted and rewrote and deleted, it's actually a 20 paragraph email because you're trying to, you know, so he's done, he had done a bunch of that research. And so when I mentioned him, he probably had a Google alert on his name. So when I published it, he reached out and he was like, um, Hey, Ethan, this is really interesting. Uh, I spent some time on your website. I would love to do a research project to look at video email versus text email. So that'd be great. And so as he was trying to determine the methodology for, you know, what did he want to get at and how is he going to get at it? Um, he thought it'd be helpful to talk with some of our customers. So I got him permission and contact information for, you know, 15 of our customers or so. And he went out and had all those conversations. And then we got back together and he said, uh, I heard a lot of the things you told me that I would hear things like I get more replies and responses. Um, I get more referrals. People feel like they know me before they meet me and these other types of things. He said, but I also heard something you did not tell me that I would hear something that I was not prepared to hear, which was that not only does the recipient of the video feel closer to the person who recorded and sent it, the people who are recording and sending these videos report feeling closer to the person they're sending it to, hmm. which is very exact. That was my thought. Exactly. And I, still don't have, I still don't have an answer to it, but it's, it's, it's very, I have a couple theories um, and it'll actually go into another kind of big, elephant around this topic. Um, but just this idea that looking the camera lens, looking at the person through the camera lens and maybe imagining him or her um, and speaking directly to him or her makes you feel closer to that person, even though you don't see them or hear them. You know, it's obvious that someone who gets a 35 second video from you and spends 35 seconds as if they're across the table over coffee or lunch from you will feel a little bit closer to you, more psychologically proximate to you, even in the absence of physical proximity. Yeah. What's much more interesting is the idea the act alone makes me feel closer to you, even though I don't see you and I don't hear you in this process. And I think one of the big key pieces there is that it requires a great deal of vulnerability. So anyone that's listening and says, okay, I'm going to try this out. I've, I've heard something like this before. My friend maybe sent me a video email one time and I thought it was interesting then. And so this, this episode of the podcast makes me think maybe I should go out and try it. You're going to go out, you're going to open up your webcam in Zoom or BombBomb or you know, any of the variety of places you can record videos and, or, or have video conferences in the case of Zoom. Um, and you're going to see yourself on, on screen and say, oh, I can't do this. 
oh, I don't, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know. Like, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. Am I doing this right? Um, is my video good enough? Am I good enough? All of these things. We don't say all these things to ourselves consciously, but these are all the things you're going to feel. And because it's a vulnerable moment, it is the real you in your real office or cubicle or safely parked in your car. Do not record videos while driving. It is stupid and dangerous. Um, you know, it, it's the real you. Yeah. really communicating a real message for a real opportunity. And so there's a vulnerability there where we are, you know, we feel a little bit exposed in a way that we haven't traditionally because we do have that cloak of digital anonymity. We can hide behind our typed out text and feel protected and safe there because we're very comfortable with it. And so this idea of opening yourself up to judgment and rejection, which you're not thinking these things in your head consciously, but this is that deep old lizard brain, you know, 150,000 years of experience talking to one another. It's this, all I want is to belong. And so if I put my real self out there, am I good enough? Is someone going to judge the way I look? Is someone going to judge the fact that I stopped and restated myself? Which by the way, we do in conversation all the time. I've misspoken <laughs> several times just in this podcast alone. But you keep going. And so, um, yeah. but, but we've trained ourselves to expect perfect in our digital communication because we can control the heck out of it. And so, you know, if you follow, I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown's classic TED sure. talk on vulnerability, but, you know, if you walk her logic out, connection is the highest order of human being, right? We're here to be in connection with one another. That requires a great deal of uh, vulnerability and courage. Part of that vulnerability involves letting go, as specifically letting go of control and ultimately letting go of our um, expectation of perfection from ourselves. And it's the same way with these videos. And so this is not about being perfect. Marketing through video, yeah. You want to write a really good script. You want to edit it. You want to bounce the script off a couple other people. You want to shoot that line two or three times so that it lines up nicely with the line before it. You can control all that stuff. This is, that's not what this is about. This is about you being more of yourself more often for more success in your role and a more satisfied uh, work experience. I love that distinction. That, that is great. It's so, I mean, this, as I've said a couple of times, it fascinates me because we're talking about this and I'm thinking, I think part of the reason that, that the person doing the video feels more connected to the person they're sending it to is because they are actually speaking to them. Like when you speak out loud to somebody, you have to think about, you almost picture them in your head. And I think it's different when you're writing something down. I think that's so automatic that, that we don't feel it like we do when we're speaking. It's just my guess. I, it's definitely in that zone and, uh, into the, to the recipient of a typed out email. Um, we lean on this, on some research in the book on this too, is that, uh, you're essentially dehumanizing yourself when you type up and send a message because the recipient does not assign those written words to a human. Our brains don't do that automatically. Oh, it's really? it, so, so correct. And so there is something in this, in this interplay that is like you described that I think that affects the sender. Um, in addition, because you're, you know, I, I hesitate to use this word because it's, 
I'm going to use it anyway. You know, as, <laughs> as, you, as you perform this message, and I, the reason I hesitate is because we already talked about you yeah. have to be sincere and actually have to feel it and believe it. But as you express that with your full self, um, you're wrapping yourself up in those thoughts and feelings in a way that you're not when you type it up. It's funny. Some of the examples that we share when we're doing like webinars or stage presentations, um, we'll show a video like we have this couple that work up in Minneapolis. They're both real estate agents. Uh, it's a husband and wife real estate team. And they do happy birthday videos. They do truly personal one-to-one happy birthday videos for all the people in their database, all of their past clients. And so uh, they have a lot of fun with it. Sometimes they'll play instruments. Sometimes they'll, you know, they just have fun with it. And it's just who yeah. they are. And it's, it's wonderful to watch them do it. But um, one of these birthday videos, they, they shared their reply back because it was so good. And there were like 16 exclamation points. Two of the lines were in all caps. Um, there were two smiley face emoticons in there. And a line that was something like, you know, um, you both were having so much fun. It made me smile too. And I just really wonderful. And so when you think about that type of reply, when someone uses multiple exclamation points, all caps, little smiley face emojis, all they're trying to do is capture and return the energy that you experienced in recording and, you know, containing that message and sending it over. They experienced that with you upon receipt. And the best way that they could reply was to overload that typed out communication with things that tried to replicate, you know, that positive energy and enthusiasm that you sent over that they were able to experience with you. And so they're, they're trying to uh, re reply in kind with their own version of it. But just that, that microcosm here shows the limited uh, nature of our typed out communication because we have to kind of like really push the boundaries and push the rules to even try to emote at all in our typed out emails. Right. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it not only is it difficult to do, but we run the risk that it is heard differently. There are so many times where someone will send me an email they got and they will say, uh, how do you read this? Like, here's how I'm reading this. Right. And I'll read it totally differently and think, wow, where are you coming from on that? Because I'm not seeing that at all. And it's probably not where the person was even coming from to begin with. It loses so much. Yeah, it really does. And, and again, just a, just a quick drive-by in emojis and emoticons. I know there's some debate as to whether or not it's sufficiently pre professional for our, you know, our business communication. But um, you know, I think it's become standardized enough, and I'm seeing it more and more often, yeah. and not just from brands but from individuals. But um, there's a, a piece, gosh, it was maybe two or three years ago, like a pretty big study about the variability in emojis and emoticons and the way different um, – hardware and software situations treat the same emoji. Um, you know, so if I text you from my iPhone to your Android and I'm on the newest operating system of iOS and you're on a, you know, this version of, of Android instead of that version of Android, the emoji is going to look different. The net result was that emojis are more confusing than they are helpful. And so, yeah. you know, even when we try to, you know, if you're wondering, is this person being funny? Are they being serious? Are they being passive aggressive? And so <laughs> you show it to a, to a, you know, your coworker and they're like, I don't know. I think maybe passive aggressive. And you're like, oh, I think they were just being funny. Um, you know, uh, emojis are not going to resolve that. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Just say it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and not all the time, right? Like you need to pick your spots. And so um, you just to walk out a few more use cases, obviously early on in, in a sales process or in a relationship, you know, with a customer or an employee, project and process updates. So if you're working on something, whether it's internal or whether it's with, um, you know, a, a, a two clients on the client side and then another two people over at a, you know, a third party that you, that's in your kind of business ecosystem that's also part of this project or process or whatever, you know, let's say there's six or seven people involved. How do you keep everyone updated on a consistent basis to make sure everything's moving forward properly, all the forms are being filled out on time, that everyone knows what's going on? Well, there are a lot of ways to do it, and we've come up with ways to do it. There's software that we can get people to log into, and, you know, obviously you're going to do uh, live meetings and maybe remote meetings. You're going to do uh, conference phone calls or conference video meetings. Or There are a variety of ways we can do these things, but what a number of our customers are doing is – um, you know, sending one video to all six or seven or eight of those parties on some regular basis, maybe weekly. And it could be right after, you know, the weekly meeting on the project, but you're, you know, you're highlighting the most salient points, you're getting people updated, you're doing reminders of next steps and assignments. And um, in that way, you don't have to make six different, and if something changes, you, you send that to everybody all at once. You can see who's opening and watching the video and who isn't. So if you do need to pick up the phone, you can call those two people who didn't get the message, you know, even though you sent it 48 hours ago. But that's a lot better than trying to call eight people, you know, or, or track them all down or communicate the same thing eight different times, that kind of a thing. So project and process updates, especially to the degree as, and I used the word friction earlier, anywhere where people are confused or frustrated in a project or a process that you run repeatedly, that's a great place to um, empathize with them a little bit and communicate a little bit more clearly and personally and remind them that you are a trusted advisor, a trusted source, a trusted guide through the process. Um, and just to, to get back in front of them and to walk them into the next one or two steps along the way. Uh, I mentioned a birthday there, um, birthdays, holidays, special occasions. Um, of course, you could send a, you know, happy Thanksgiving video to your entire uh, database or customer list or whatever. Um, or, you know, you could pick those really high value clients or those really valued employees or those really valued strategic partners and other people, again, in your network or your ecosystem and send truly personal. You can just block out two hours and send as many happy Thanksgiving messages, truly personal ones. So instead of just checking the box and, you know, signing 285 cards and having them go out uh, in the mail and every one of them is basically the exact same. Right. Uh, where you don't actually expect a reply. You're never expecting a reply. You're maybe expecting someone to reply in kind with their own holiday card, maybe that they signed, you know, over the summer at the beach while they had time to do it or something. Um, you know, if you're looking to generate a reply response conversation, doing a, a more personal message is obviously going to go a long way toward doing that. Um, I already mentioned internal communication. That's a great use case. Invitations, if you're inviting people to webinars or presentations or special events uh, or those types of things, um, a video will communicate, you know, sales. And we're all in sales, by the way. We lean on, we got an endorsement on the book from Daniel Pink based on our use of his uh, arguments and research into sell as human, which he found compelling. And he actually argues for video in that book. Um, nice. 
you know, we're all in sales regardless. So if you say, I'm not a salesperson, okay, I'm, I'm using sales in a general sense of, you know, connecting with people and influencing them and informing them and educating right. them and persuading them and presenting opportunities and move, moving those forward. We all do that all the time. And so uh, you use sales as the transfer of emotion. And so you use the video to communicate the value and energy and interest and the reason someone would want to register for the event or show up for the event. And then you use the body of the email for the link to the evite or the link to the webinar registration, uh, date, time, location, details, and those kinds of things you don't need to put in the video. But um, uh, that's another one that's really easy to do. And that'd be a mass opportunity, right? So if you're like, if you're with this in theory, and in concept, but you're like, I'm not going to send one-to-one videos. That's an easy mass use case that probably comes up, you know, monthly or so uh, in most businesses. So um, that's just a handful off the top of my head. Um, did any of those, yeah. did, did you like any of those or do you have any of your own that we should discuss? Um, you know, I, I loved all of those. I, I think those are great. And it, it does get your mind going with what could I be doing with this? Like I could see, um, people uh, like business coaches after the first engagement, sending a video, just like checking in with their client, maybe recapping some of what they talked about. Um, it sort of feels endless to me. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'll, I'll give you, um, I'll talk a little bit to that one and give you another one that's related to it a little bit upstream. So I, I can't believe this one didn't come to mind because it's one of my favorites because it is where we are really moving the needle in people's businesses. And this one is before and after appointments. Yeah, right? I so see that. You, you, you set an appointment, whether it's phone call, in-person, video conference, whatever, you set the appointment. And so at that point you send in, this could be an evergreen video that you record once and use over and over again, or it could be truly personal, uh, you know, volume and value are kind of the key levers to pull there. If, you know, if you're setting dozens and dozens of appointments, maybe this is going to be automated, but if you're only setting a handful and they're high value to you, um, I think you maybe do it truly personal. And that's the kind of, those are the levers that you pull, um, in any situation. I would challenge you, by the way, if you're listening to this and you like these ideas, and you start to say, well, you know, that's not scalable. I'm going to do that automated. I would challenge you to do it in an, in an unsca- unscalable, um, truly personal way for a week or a month and really create that pain and find out, is it worth it to do it truly personal before you go to the automated uh, situation where you record the video once and it automatically goes out. Anyway, after you set the <laughs> appointment, you send a video and it says something like, Hey, thank you so much for your time on the phone. I'm really looking forward to our appointment on uh, Tuesday at five o'clock. Um, you know, I, my team and I are already preparing for this meeting. We're going to have a really great plan for you. If you have any questions in the meantime, reach out and let me know. Uh, take care and see you on Tuesday. Or in that, or if it's automated, you just leave out the Tuesday at five and you include that in the text down below. You maybe repeat that in the text down below, regardless. Um, and that's a good one. You know, we were working with a franchise sales team. Uh, for one of the biggest, uh, it's consistently a top 10 franchise um, in, you know, the people that rank franchises. And their franchise sales team of like two dozen people started using video for that step. And they were able to increase show rates on their appointments from 58 to 72%. That's a 24% lift. So if you think about all of the downstream financial benefits of having people show up to the meeting, 
in the yeah. beginning, right? Like if you think of it as, you know, leaks in the bucket or holes in the funnel or whatever the case may be, if you can harden that step early in the process, um, and you harden the step that's upstream of that, which is, you know, getting more replies and responses to your initial emails. Think about how much you're adding to the downstream uh, benefit. So that's a good one. But the one that I love even more is the one that you were speaking to in a way, um, which is, uh, I'll do an extension of it to get to exactly where you were. Okay. When you follow up after that appointment, you yeah. now know, based on your time with them, what excites them, what concerns them, how many decision makers are in the process, um, what, are their what are their objections, um, and what is their timeline, what is their budget, you know, all this stuff that you maybe didn't know before the appointment so that that one should definitely be truly personal and you speak yeah. to those things. Hey, I wanted to thank you again for your time today. Uh, really valued that 45 minutes. I think it was a really productive meeting. I hope you feel the same way. Um, you know, when you told me that XYZ, I know that's a, a, of a great deal of interest and excitement to you. And I'm excited about that as well. And I know we can capitalize that, on that for you. Um, and I know you're also concerned about this, that, and the other thing. And I just want to remind you, unique value, unique benefits, specific ways I'll overcome the objection, you know. Um, and, and here's the next step, as I promised, I'll be back in your inbox by the end of the week with the, with the full formal proposal that you can uh, send over to Tina and Jeff, because I know they want to weigh in on it as well. Take care. Have a great day. And so this ability, again, letting them know that you see them, you hear them, you listened, you yeah. processed it, you were able to pick up on their excitements and concerns, you have solutions to their concerns and objections, and that you're going to do the things that you said you were going to do. And then, of course, you actually have to do those things as well. Um, you know, that it's just such a winning play, especially in a competitive situation. And then going to your kind of business coach um, situation, it's a great follow-up to an appointment, like a one-on-one -on -one meeting, where you know, this could just be 60 seconds, 90 seconds, where you just reiterate the most important points that came up in the conversation. You get their commitment again on the next steps because you, you know, so much of what you're doing as a coach or a consultant is accountability. You know, I think right. so many of us know, we know basically the right things to do. Um, yeah. You know, and you can, you can add additional value, additional ideas, tweak those ideas to be perfect fit for this, this client and their situation and their business or whatever. But a lot of the value that you're bringing too is in this accountability piece, which is, I told her I would do it by fill in the blank, right? And so the video piece is a follow-up to these in-person appointments. It's easy to walk away from the appointment. But when you're in my inbox reminding me of what I told myself and what I told you I would do, and you're saying those words back to me, it's just this additional layer of commitment that assures people, um, you know, kind of, kind of honor their commitments to you as the coach and honor their commitments to themselves as, as leaders and business owners and people who are investing in their success. Well, for sure. And, and I, so I just thought of another one and I, we don't have time for me to say it. So <laughs> probably going to have to have you come back at some point. Uh, so I, I will drop it briefly. And then I want you to tell the listeners how they can find you, what they, you know, how they can learn about bomb bomb and, you know, get your book and all of that um, as, as we come up on the hour. But my thought when you were saying that was when you walk away from a meeting or you haven't talked to somebody in a while, and you and something occurs that makes you think of them, you could use video there as well, as opposed to writing them a note or an email or clipping a picture of whatever it is and, and sending it to them. So that was my other one I thought of while you were talking. So Ethan, thank you so much. I 
loved this conversation. Will you please tell the listeners how they can find you, the book, your company, all that fun stuff? Sure, absolutely. Thank you again for hosting me. I'm glad. Uh, I mean, this is just about being a better human and being in better relationship with the people that matter most to our success. And so um, it's a fun conversation to have, and I'm, I appreciate the engagement on it, and I hope folks enjoyed it. Again, my name is Ethan Butte. Uh, last name is B-E-U-T-E. You can hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, add a note. Um, that's always helpful. Um, you can email me directly. It's just Ethan, E-T-H-A-N, at bombbomb.com. Uh, bombbomb.com is our website. It's B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B.com. Um, and, uh, and you can learn more about what we're doing to make it easy to record and send and track videos from our web app, from our mobile apps, from Gmail, Outlook, Salesforce, and a number of other uh, platforms as well. Our whole goal is to get you face-to-face with more people more often because you are better in person. And when people say yes, they say yes to you. Uh, we wrote the guidebook to this. It's based on a decade of experience in working with you know, well over 40,000 people around the world in a wide variety of roles and industries on building this movement. The book is called Rehumanize Your Business. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon in business sales, business communication, customer relations. So if you just search Rehumanize Your Business at Amazon, or if you want to go to bombbombbombbomb.com forward slash book. Uh, You can read more about it. You can see Dan Pink's endorsement and some other nice words. You can kind of see what's in the book in a way that you can't um, just by looking at it at Amazon. So if you want to learn more about um, the book, uh, audio book just released recently too. So uh, if you prefer to listen rather than watch, because as a podcast listener, you may be a book listener too. um, uh, You can, you can do that. Terrific. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And listeners, I appreciate all of you. You know my suggestion is that you get on this kind of thing and, and check out BombBomb and make some decisions about ways that you can use a video to rehumanize your business, get in better contact with uh, the people who matter to your success. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, to get a free trial of Audible.com as well as a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.